0: Now in its third year, it's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels, talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 169 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for giving the episode a listen. Uh, In this quick episode, we're going to run through my tips for round 10 of the men's comp. A couple big news items have come across the board today. One of them, as I was jotting down my notes here. Don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email or shoot me a message on Facebook or over on Twitter or Instagram. All of those links are in the show notes. I love being able to highlight these clubs throughout the season. And today's club of the episode was the Bayswater Football Club. And they were established in 1895 and are part of the Eastern Football Netball League. And they have clubs from their juniors to the seniors for both men and women. They play their cl- games at the Bayswater Oval on, based what I can tell on Google Maps, on Bayswater Road. And it's considered to be the showpiece of football in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. The seniors most recently won their premiership in 2016, while the women's club will have won their lone premiership in 2017. This week, the men's senior side will be at the Heights Reserve to face off against the Bark Mustang. So, best of luck to you, Bayswater. Go get that win. I did see that you are two and four right now on the ladder. Let's get another win and then get yourself those extra four points and get up to 12 there. So, as I was jotting down my notes here, tipping the games for uh, today, I was refreshing the AFL website. And uh, if you haven't heard yet, a uh, huge story broke. Um, I guess it's not terribly surprising. Uh, it, it's a little sad if you're a, a footy supporter or a footy fan, but you, you know you certainly want to see what's best for uh, the human beings that are playing the game. But Anthony McDonald, tipping Woody, has announced his retirement from football. And he played 126 games, uh, scored 153 goals during that time. Sir, you have been an absolute joy to watch throughout your career throughout the time that I've been following the game in terms of the the players who were kind of like the highlight films if you will yourself and Eddie Betts were the two that that were just so much fun to watch uh we're seeing that a little bit with Shea Bolton right now but uh I wish you absolutely the best now The other thing I wanted to mention was that the uh, AFLW has reached a collective bargaining agreement. I will try that using English this time. And uh, they're going to be playing a 10-game season this year coming up with the games beginning at the end of August. Uh, The hope is to add on additional games. I would imagine since they're playing so close to the previous season ending that maybe next year they add on a handful of additional games and then maybe by 2024 maybe they're up to the 17 games where you're playing each side one time now this is interesting because as an american footy fan this is this is gonna you know and i I completely get it in terms of the weather and the temperatures and that sort of thing i'm gonna make it work but as an american footy fan one of the great things about the men's comp is that it fit really well from the end of the nfl season to the start of the subsequent nfl season so if you didn't happen to be a baseball fan this was a great alternative well the women's comp is going to be, spilling over is not the right term to use, but it's going to be, it's going to be taking place during the NFL, during the college football uh, period. Not going to be much of a problem for me because I don't watch a whole lot of the NFL. I do watch the Browns, and I do like to watch Ohio State play from time to time, and I like to watch the Naval Academy, but I'm not somebody who's glued to every NFL game. I will be glued to as many of the games in the AFLW as I possibly can be. However, uh, and it sounds like there's going to be some significant pay increases as well. That the average pay increase, and, and I'll take this heck, I'd take half of this if I could get this kind of an increase at my job. But it's gonna be a 94% pay increase. And there are four tiers, and this is kind of neat the way they're doing this here. You know, and there are, of course, you know, deals that, that individual players are able to sign with sponsors, uh, sponsorships and that sort of thing. Uh, if they're plugging different products, um, I know that, uh, Aaron Phillips had been uh, advertising for a, uh, a plant-based protein powder. I've seen commercials for that. But if you are in the, uh, the top tier, uh, your salary is going to be going uh, from $37,115 up to $71,935. Now, is that enough to allow you to have this be your only job? Possibly possibly but it certainly would you know and again at the lower tier from 23904 all the way up to 46280 so not a bad starting place for you know a young 18 19 20 year old uh young lady coming into the comp you know allows them to maybe still you know Get themselves into college into university to, to get some further education or training that sort of thing, or maybe they have a job of some other sort, but it allows them to actually have the economic uh, more economic independence than they had previously had. So I think overall this is a really good thing for uh, for them, and I'm I'm thrilled about this. So I'm I'm looking forward to the season starting, you because know, again you know the the winter time here, you know, once the, the men's comp is done at the end of September, it's a long time until the women were getting started again in uh, in January. So this is going to shorten up that time frame. So we'll have a couple of months of of the doldrums if you will. And that's going to allow me to maybe find a Richmond supporter to do a preview episode with next year since I that was the only club I was not able to find one. So, let's jump into the tips for this week, okay? And we got a game coming up here in less than 12 hours, so I better hurry up and get this thing done. <laughs> so, we've got Carlton hosting Sydney at Marvel Stadium and and you know I have to tell you if you're if you're a blue supporter and that bandwagon is getting bigger and bigger and bigger because uh, this club is playing some really good football right now. Uh, you got to be feeling good about where you are right now. you got a great percentage of 114. You're sitting at 7-2. and two. And every time I've been a little skeptical about how the Blues are going to handle having a major out, whether it be Pitnett or Harry Mackay, the Blues have found a way to compensate and thrive for that. This time it's Zach Williams with his uh, leg injury, with his calf injury. Now, the Swans are leaving the, the comfort of the SCG, SCG for the first time in a month. They're going to be without James Robottom, who's suspended. And this is number four, number five on the ladder. This is a battle for, you know, grabbing hold of that number four spot on the ladder here. Um, because, you know, if, if Sydney wins, they will definitely jump up because their percentage is about 11 points higher than what Carlton happens to be right now. Now the Swans have the advantage in the ruck, but we've seen we've seen this movie before. A couple weeks ago, when uh, Mark Pitnet went out, I was thinking I, I said this. You can go back and listen to that that preview episode. I, I wonder what's going to happen with the Blues as far as being able to get clearances. Well, they just went in there just through brute force, and just cleaned up on clearances. Even though uh, I don't remember who they were playing, but the the ruck ended up dominating the other club's ruck, ended up dominating the hitouts. The uh, the Blues ended up bleeding in the number of clearances that they had now let's be honest here what we saw happening with the the, the taunting if you will with luke parker you know it, it looked a little silly quite frankly but i, I think that uh michael voss's club isn't going to put up with any kind of crap like that i'm not saying that somebody's going to be getting you know knocked on their butt intentionally but i don't think they're going to put up with it. people are going to get hit hard here okay you know, the Blues midfield is gonna, is gonna has become an ultra-aggressive midfield after his injury, and I've got no doubt that that's going to continue. So I'm going to go with the club that's only traveling a couple of kilometers to play this game. So I'm going to go with the Blues to win this one by 11. And then let's move on to the second game, and this is Geelong hosting Port Adelaide, and the Cats are finally home. They're finally home. This is game 10 of the season. They're playing their third game on their home ground. And they're only playing nine there this year. They got one more game at home this year instead of the eight they've typically had. So um, they got one more. I remember when I spoke to Mel when we did the preview episode. That was one of the things they were battling is trying to get as many uh, home games at Cardinia Park as they possibly could get. Uh, now, let's be honest. Many of us were laughing. You know, Port stumbled out of the blocks, the starting blocks, at the beginning of the year, and they 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 now find themselves one game away from getting back to level now raise your hand if if you wrote them off after round five i had my hand up i'm thinking to myself you know at that point in time okay yeah uh maybe Clarko's is going to be replacing uh ken hinckley because i think ken hinckley's contract might be up after this year i'm not don't quote me on that but i think it might be um i thought they were cooked but you gotta tip your cap to the resilience of this club because they have battled back. They've been out, they've been without their big gun in the forward line, Charlie Dixon. It sounds like Charlie Dixon may be back next week. I think they're giving him one more game in uh in the Sandfall before he comes back. Now, as a cat supporter, this is exactly what I did not want to see happening. You know, while the Cats played pretty well for much of the contest last week, the Saints hit a completely different gear in the third quarter and the and the cats did not have an answer for that. They just blitzed them in the third quarter and uh they didn't have much of a response. I, I and I have to ask the question, can it can a game in round ten be a must win? And I and I I kind of think that it has to be for the Cats because this is a club, yes, it's a veteran side. Okay, there is still a ton of talent there. Arguably the best pairing of uh of key forwards in the comp. Like I said, arguably. People may argue differently on that, but it's a, uh, you know, it's got a midfield that that a lot of it is reputation nowadays, okay? You know, Joel Selwood is, you know, there are moments where Joel Selwood, you know, looks like the number 14 of, of 6, 8, 10 years ago. Patty Dangerfield has not looked like himself this year. He's battling a virus right now. You know, I won't be shocked that by the time this gets published, they've gone ahead and dropped him from the, the 22 and brought somebody else in to replace him because it sounds like he's not feeling great. Like I said, I think this is a game that the, that the Cats need to win to kind of reestablish some confidence in themselves. They're back home. They've been going win-loss, win-loss. now. They did have back-to-back wins and a pair of games, but they, they haven't won more than two in a row to start out the year here. Uh, they certainly, well, they haven't lost two in a row either, so that's a good thing. Um, Jed Buse is back in to help out in defense. Gary Rowan has been selected for the first time this year, and he's going to be stepping in for Grian Myers. Not like Grian Myers. I think he's a, he's a nice little goal sneak. He's got it, you know, in the right circumstance there, you know, with his unique kicking style. He's been able to, you know, to snag, you know, some great goals from time to time. But I, I have watched him the last, Few weeks and it and it's like and I've I've talked about this that it's like he you know the, the joke was for several years that Zach Guthrie had you know was still very young and had not grown into his frame yet. I, you look at Ryan Myers, has that is that same thing sort of going on with him as well? Is he not filled out to be the you know the the the, the man that he's he's a young man. Okay, there's still time for this, but it, yeah and and. But he has a hard time tackling players. That's one thing I think Gary Rowan is going to be, you know, is going to have a, a much bigger advantage at. Gary Rowan's not afraid to hit people. He's not afraid to get people on the ground. And it's not to say that Grime Myers can't. He just sometimes doesn't seem capable of getting people to the ground. Because I think there's, you know, there's not enough weight in, in his frame to be able to do that sort of thing. So I think that Rowan being there is going to be a nice addition. Tom Jonas and Trent Dumont are, are back for the power. I think this is going to be a tight game. Port is playing good football. But I'm going to put on my Homer goggles here, and I'm going to go with the Cats at home to get a much-needed win, and I've got Geelong winning this one by eight points. And then we head off to Mars Stadium with the Bulldogs hosting the Gold Coast Suns. Now, earlier today, I took a screenshot of a quote uh, from Daisy Thomas. And interesting, interestingly enough, about two hours after I took that screenshot and dragged it onto my note sheet that I had here, uh, Rick Shaibani of the LA Dragons sent me a note on Messenger with a picture of the exact same quote. So I think he's reading my mind. He's working for the NSA. He's stalking me. I don't, I'm kidding, Rick. Uh, but we were both thinking the exact same thing here. And if you haven't seen the quote, okay, it was a quote, and I, did I scroll past here? Here we go. Uh, it said, quote, Stewie Do has just beaten Sydney and Fremantle. I think it's pretty disrespectful at the moment. We're talking about him as if he won't be there next season. And this is, you know, regarding, you know, the specter of Alistair Clarkson being out there, you know, to possibly fill any of the jobs that might become available. And who knows? Maybe Clarko doesn't coach next year. Okay. Um, you know, the Suns are playing inspired footy at the moment. They'd lost three in a row, but they've now knocked off in back to back weeks the number three and the number five clubs in the comp, one of those on that club's home ground in front of a raucous crowd. The Bulldogs have won three out of five. Now, they've got some significant injuries still. Cody Waitman's going to be out. Mitch Wallace, Tim English is still going to be out. They're also waiting on Josh Bruce to be back. That should be back. Uh, He should be back in the next month or so. I think this is going to be a close contest. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Road Warriors on this, because I I think that the the Suns are playing with some confidence. It's a tough midfield, okay? You know, and uh, Isaac Rankin is playing the best football I've ever seen him play. And... You know, Casbolt and Mabir Chol have been a blessing uh, for them up forward. So I, I'm going to take, I've got them winning this one by nine points. And as I mentioned in an episode a couple of days ago, somebody had left me a note on the Suns, one of the Suns' pages on Facebook, you know, maybe they could start thinking about the F word, the six, the six letter F word. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx anybody there. Um, then we move on to uh, Marvel Stadium and you've got North Melbourne Hosting Cyberdyne Industries, the Narm Demons. Okay, now I think the Ruse have resigned themselves to the fact they're probably not going to win many games this year. I think the way things are right now, I still think the Ruse are going to be the wooden spooners. Okay, I hold me on that. Hold on to that thought for a moment, and uh, that'll make sense here maybe in a minute. Okay. The Ruse have have made some significant changes here. They dropped to, um, and I'm gonna, I wrote the name down phonetically, you know, Atu Boza nuvagli Vulagi, Vulagi. That's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry, I apologize for that. They dropped him. They dropped Callum Coleman Jones. They dropped Jaden Stevenson. They did bring back Hugh Greenwood, Jason Hort, Francis Jai Simkin, and Tristan Zary uh, into the side. Now, I, I don't think it matters. Okay, I don't think it matters. This is gonna be. Uh, an opportunity, and maybe the last opportunity for a while, for the Ds to pad their percentage, okay? Um, as I mentioned a while back, uh, it was actually last year, when we did a preview on the Hawks with the guys from the Hawk, Hawk Talk podcast, and they told me that they were looking for green shoots as far as the Hawks were concerned. They wanted to see growth in the club. I think that's what the, the Roos are thinking now, I think coming into this year they were hoping to make a bit of a, a step forward because they played some good football at the end of the season, but they've certainly regressed this year. Okay. So, I've got the Red and Blue Terminators from Cyberdyne Systems winning this one by 25 points now. Don't tell anybody, it's probably going to be more than that, but I don't want to speculate as to what the number might be, okay? Just being a realist here. Then we head down to the Adelaide Oval and you've got the Crows holding, excuse me, hosting the St Saint Kilda Saints. And the Crows are getting Lockie Murphy back. They're getting Riley Filthorpe back for his first game since round one. Saints have got a couple of key injuries with Jack Higgins and uh, Jack Steele. So if I get this wrong, you can just say, I don't know Jack. Um, this is a compelling matchup because I don't I don't think that the uh, Crows are as bad as their record. I mean, they've dropped three in a row. They had, you know, three kind of ugly losses. But I still think this is a better side. You know, they, the, the games against the Lions, the Blues, and the Giants. Uh, the Saints are playing very good football right now. They're, they're sitting at the sixth spot. Um, are the Crows better than number fourteen on the ladder where they are right now? Probably, but that's where they are right now. Now, I do think the Saints are going to go on the road and get this win. I think it's going to be a tough one, though. I've got St. Kilda winning this one by two goals. Okay, and then we head to the MCG for the Dreamtime game in for the Sir Douglas Nichols round and some beautiful jumpers this year. Uh, Richmond hosting Essendon, and uh, the Dreamtime game is back at the MCG, and hopefully we see a massive crowd. Uh, you know, the Tigers have won three in a row, and besides the win against the Hawks two weeks ago, the Bombers have, have, quite frankly, they've played poor footy. Okay, you know their tackling pressure has been non-existent. I don't know what the impact of the decision that uh, Anthony McDonald tipping Woody. Uh, made today is going to have on the club you know he hadn't played a senior game yet he would played a couple uh vfl games if i'm not mistaken uh in preparation of coming back but it sounds like well he's not going to be back so i wonder what that does to the psyche of the club that plus everything else that's happened over the last few weeks okay now they quite frankly they need to stiffen their spine okay they need to go out and uh, and hit some people and make some you know make some big tackles okay now the tiger's are gonna be without marlon pickett he got suspended noah balt is out hurt The veteran Tigers are going to hold on to their spot at number eight for at least one more week, and I've got them winning this one by 18 points. I just think that the Tigers right now are too good of a side against Essendon. Um, And then we head up to Giant Stadium with GWS hosting the West Coast Eagles, or the West Coast MASH unit, if you will. Now, with the way the Eagles have played recently, if they were playing anybody else, I'd be tipping against them. Okay, but this is a unique year. They're playing the snake bit, bad luck Eagles. The Eagles are missing quite a few players from their list. The Giants have brought in nine players that were not playing last week, also with, I believe, two debutants. But looking at the 22 that the Eagles are bringing to Sydney this week, I'm going to go ahead, and even though I've kind of alluded to the fact I think the Giants are going to take this one, what the hell? I'm gonna go with the Eagles to win this one. Okay. I think the Eagles are gonna steal a win on the road here. They're gonna get themselves out of the contention for the time being for the wooden spoon, and they're gonna let they're gonna let the Ruse go back and reoccupy the position they had last year. I've got West Coast winning this one by 13 points. It's just a hunch on my part. There's too much long-term talent on that club. Now, I've said that. I won't be shocked if they get beat by 60 points because I, I there's an old Bruce Springsteen song some, it, where the line goes, you know, you spend uh, half your time covering up like a dog that's been beat too much. And and uh, the, uh, the Eagles have just been just taking a pounding this year. And so have the Ruse, quite frankly. But it's been a little different with the Eagles because they've been playing with, you know, they've got so many veterans that they've been doing this with. So I'm going to go with the Eagles to go ahead and steal this one by 13 points. And then we head down to the University of Tasmania for Hawthorne hosting the Brisbane Lions. And the Hawks have dropped four in a row. They were the darlings of the comp, along with Carlton at the beginning of the year. Well, Carlton has uh, stayed there, and Hawthorne has slid on down. Brisbane is humming along at 8-1. and one. Uh, They've got one of their full forwards back in the fold with Eric Hipwood. He, I think he came back last week, if I'm not mistaken. I guess it's actually one of the easier games to tip, okay? I'm going with the Lions to move to 9-1 and, and help to solidify a top-four spot. I think they're going to be in the top four. I don't think they're leaving that spot all year. They're going to be getting uh, Joe Danaher and uh, Daniel McStay back in a couple of weeks now, uh, which is really interesting because we're in round 10 right now, in rounds 12 through 14. If you look ahead, and I'm not discounting what's happening in round 11, if you look at 12 through 14, you've got the Dockers, the Saints, and the Ds coming up for them. It's a good time for them to get healthy. So I've got Brisbane winning this one by 17 points. And then the last game of the weekend, you've got the Dockers heading home to Optus to host the Collingwood Magpies. Now, the Dockers, they got stung last week at Metricon. They got shut down, quite frankly. I mean, was it that the Dockers played poorly? I don't know. You just got to tip your cap to the Suns because they played one hell of a game. Yeah, you know, I think you've you got to credit the Suns for their game plan and the way that they played more so than you have to blame the Dockers for this. It was a little hiccup for the Dockers. They're still sitting in the number three spot, 7-2. Got a, a percentage of almost 140 here. Um, and the good news is they're bringing, you know, well, well, the Magpies have dropped a couple in a row. Jack Ginnivan's coming back in. Jamie Elliott's, com- Jamie Elliott's coming back in for the first time in, I believe, about a month from his shoulder injury. Scott is going to be coming back in. There's some other Yank that's going to be playing this week also. Some tall guy. Oh, yeah, Mason Cox, um, are coming back in for the Pies. But the Dockers are bringing back in Lloyd Meek. Matthew Tabiner is going to be back from, I believe it's his ankle injury that he had. Michael Walters is back, and Sam Swakowski is back in as well. Now, last week, like I said, was a great win for Gold Coast, but the Dockers are not a club that's going to be held at 33 points again. That's not happening, okay? That's not going to happen. I'm going to go with Fremantle here to get win number eight, and Optus is going to be rocking. They're going to be singing the Heave Ho song at the end. I've got the Dockers winning this one by 15 points. So, there are my tips for round 10. Again, entertainment purposes only. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about here. Okay, I think I went seven and two last week. So maybe yeah, you know, I had one week uh, a few weeks ago. I went two and seven. So like I said, please don't wager on my account. Okay, now folks, if you head over to my website, ayankeonthefooty.com, you can find everything that you need regarding my socials. Um, you can find my uh, you can get on the mailing list there if you want to get the uh, episode sent to you as soon as they come out. Uh, you can leave me a review there if you like the show. Um, you can find me on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy Podcast. I'm also in, I'm also in many of the different uh, discussion groups. I did have a little bit of a falling out uh, with one of the groups, and I and I felt like a little bit like a jerk. Uh, I had one where i posted back episodes on back-to-back days, and I and I. I probably didn't handle it as well as I should have and uh but you know I I was frustrated um you know I was looking big picture and they were looking small picture and I didn't uh, I probably didn't handle that as well as I as I could have so uh, if that gentleman is listening I'm sorry that I was a bit of a butthead to you uh, I did I did leave that group um, interestingly enough it's actually a group for the club that I support um, but I, I, I could have handled that better. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on. You can find me on Instagram at a yank on the footy. And if you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at yank on the footy at gmail.com. Now, folks, look out for one another. Um, check up on your friends. Reach out. I've, I've seen a number of people who are sequestered away uh, with COVID who are battling that right now. Uh, you know, so make sure you are, checking up to make sure that they're that they're doing okay. You know, uh, David, Evan Smith, I hope you get well, sir. I know you're battling it right now. Um, I do want to get things set up with you uh, with regards to what we've been talking about earlier. Mel, I'm going to reach out to you about that as well. Hopefully we can set that up in the next couple of weeks. I am sitting down tomorrow uh, for an interview with a Richmond Premiership player, uh, John Perry, who played with them back in the late 60s and then with the uh, Ruse in the early 70s. So if you are somebody who's been following this game for a long time and have a John Perry story you want to share, and his family tree, and I'm just starting to peel the onion back on this, goes back a long way, and it's one heck of a famous family name there. Um, But like I said, look out for your friends and family, folks, okay? Thanks so very much for the kind words and the support that you've provided me. I appreciate that. And as always, folks, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 169 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram, as I had mentioned before, at a yank on the footy or on Facebook. Just look for a yank on the footy podcast and on Twitter at yank underscore on. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Just look for my name, Craig Wessels, folks. And again, thanks for listening. Please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.